This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Hi, Doug. Hi, Jenny. Well, as I'm sure our community knows, we are facing a teacher strike here in Tacoma. Today on the podcast, we had three committed educators here to explain the ins and outs. It was articulate and heartrending. And inspiring. So listen in. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. I'm so glad you guys could all make it here today. Can we please go around and can you say who you are and how you are helping out with the strike um, in whatever capacity that is? And um, also how long you've been teaching and what school you teach at and all of that. Go ahead. I'm Jillian Gutierrez. I'm a kindergarten teacher at Mary Lyon Elementary and I'm the current vice president of the Tacoma Education Association. Um, During the strike, my job is to go out and rally the troops. I visit a bunch of our sites every day and uh, pretty much do anything anybody needs. Nice. How long have you been teaching? 11 years. Wow. Hi, I'm Tina Taylor, and I teach fourth and fifth grade at Bryant Montessori in the heart of the hilltop. And this is when we get back to our classrooms. This will be my 22nd year of teaching. I am an executive board member for the Tacoma Education Association, the stadium zone rep. And during the strike, I'm helping out with communications, communicating to parents, members, and our community. Thanks. And I am Grant Ruby. I am also on the TEA exec board. I'm the Lincoln Zone rep. Um, When we get back to our classrooms, I'll be in my fifth year teaching all at Lincoln, um, and I teach mathematics. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. So I think that we have to start in a fairly wonky place because I think what got us here is McCleary. So um, I think that nobody understands that. So um, if you could give us kind of an overview of how we got here. I'm not sure who is the wonkiest, (laughs) but it might be Tina. Right. Well, I've been in education since, well, for two decades now. And McCleary is a court case that started um, about 10 years ago. And the court case was brought by a school district and a teacher against the state. It's and And the court case said Washington State has been dramatically underfunding education for decades, and Mm. it needs to be fixed. So that court case went to court, and we won. The state absolutely was shown to have been underfunding education. Anybody can look that up themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing that happened was uh, we had to wait for the state legislature to follow through on what the court case had directed. They refused for about four more years. They were found to be in contempt of court, and... um, Finally, this year, when we turned the legislature blue by electing Manka Dingra, we were able to get some uh, pretty considerable money put into education. Um, last year actually was the first billion, and Washington edu- Washington educators in a lot of districts got, got some raises last year. Mm-hmm. That did not happen in Tacoma. And this year, uh, $1 billion was released to school districts. School districts all across the state have passed that money through to their educators, as the Supreme Court and the state legislature have directed. Tacoma is refusing to do that. So that's where we are with McCleary. Hmm. That's a solid summary. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Which which part? (laughs) Why are they refusing to pass it along? Um, Tacoma. Do you want the short answer or the long answer? Go for it, man. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try to keep it from the The extended long answer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So our district has nearly a one-to-one district administration to building principal ratio. Similar districts such as Seattle have a one-to-two district administration to building administration ratio. So we have almost the same number of district admin as we have building principals, whereas usually it's about half that. 
Um, and that's typical in Seattle. Spokane's very similar, and they have about a one to two ratio. Um, and so similar districts have much less central administration than Tacoma does. And Tacoma is trying to keep that money in central administration. They have taken the, um, what's it, $53 million that they got just this year, $32 million for certificated employees, $9 million for non-certificated employees, and $12 million just because the state understands that there's a levy issue. Um, and they hid that in the budget hmm. so that it looked like they couldn't afford to give teachers raises. Um, and Why? So, <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, are they greedy? Yes. Short answer to that. Um, they but, are. They're greedy. And any use for that money that is not giving it directly to teachers is wage theft because the state Supreme Court has said that teachers are wildly underfunded. I know that because the state lost a court case. The state legislature has said this money is for teachers. Um, and so Tacoma is deciding, for whatever reason, not to give it to the people it's intended for. So, so here's an example of what that's like. Let's say your mother-in-law sends you $30 to put in the kids' stockings at Christmas. Okay, you put $1 in each of three stockings, and you keep the $27. That's what's happening. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Dang. <laughs> That is really, I really appreciate that explanation and part of the reason that um, Channel 253 is doing so many uh, strike podcasts is that the district is getting a lot of information out there that doesn't sound like this. Well, now we don't have a representative for the district here, that's correct? Okay. Well, okay, well that's fine, but <laughs> so my question is, what would their retort be to what you're saying? Well, let me be Dan Vopel for a second. Previous That's, citizen Tacoma guest. Um, Go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be as monotone as him. Um, he would say that the the levy shortfall is hurting Tacoma, and I would agree with him on that. But it's not hurting Tacoma until next year. Um, he would say that the only thing that they can afford is a 3.1 percent raise. Um, and the way that their budget looks right now, I agree with him on that. The problem is the district is getting $1,000 more per student this year than they did last year. There are 40,000 students in Tacoma. The math is pretty simple right there. They've got another 40, uh, another $40 million this year than they did last year. $32 million is meant for certs, $9 million is meant for classified. There's your $40 million. It's just that they have hidden it away. Um, so Vopel is not lying per se, but he's not telling a truth based in fact. Uh, certs and classified, I'm giving you the shame bill on that. Can you explain what those are? Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's so one for... Your certified employees are your teachers, counselors, school nurses, uh, speech and language pathologists, um, physical therapists, occupational therapists, um, as well as your instructional coaches um, and teachers on special assignment. Uh, your classified employees are your office professionals, your professional technicals, and paraeducators. So all the people doing the actual work of schools. Yes. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> So can we um, back up a little bit and talk about the levy shortfall issue? Because I think that was part of McCleary that's also complicated that may have been intended to make equality amongst districts, mm -hmm. but is screwing Tacoma. Is that accurate? And can someone explain that better? <laughs> Go ahead. So we, we choose to tax ourselves to pay for schools. That's what levies are. They're a voter-approved tax on those voters um, and taxpayers. And in Tacoma, um, we, we spent some of our levy money on educator salaries because we need more educators than mm -hmm. the state funds. Now, the part of the McCleary decision was to tell the state to fund basic education, which includes all of the educator salaries, so that, so that local communities don't have to bear the burden of the extra money. It should come from the state. So when the state legislature was doing their levy swap, some people are calling it the levy swipe, um, they messed up. 
they gave Tacoma less than they should have. They're aware of this. They gave Tacoma $12 million extra dollars to cover that problem for this year. And our state legislators, the 27th Legislative District, Lori Jenkins and Jake Fye, have sent a letter to our school district explaining that they're aware of the problem and they are planning to fix it. So they're, and you should know about school finance. You only know the money that you're getting for that year. The rest of the money for the future is fantasy until the state legislature meets in their 90-day session and they approve budgets for schools. Mm -hmm. So right now, we don't know what we're going to get next year, and neither does the district. And and so adding Mm -hmm. to that, the story that they're telling about uh, the shortfall next year is if nothing changes, which is a ridiculous thing to even consider because there's no way the state legislature is going to allow the third largest district in the state of Washington to have a $40 million shortfall. They're not going to allow that to happen. Hmm. So when they didn't they didn't go on their recess last summer and they stayed forever long to, to finish the McCleary whatever, <laughs> did they, they must have known this, right? They mm-hmm. must have known, like, here is the solution for next year. We'll figure it out later after that? Well, they knew a little bit. But what happened was our uh, district lobbyists were down there at the tables pointing out the problem, pointing out the error. And the legislature responded by saying, hey, you're right. Here's $12 million extra dollars that no other district gets just for Tacoma because we know this is a problem. And, and the state legislators, I spoke to Lori Jenkins, she said, gosh, your people were just so excited at the table that we'd done this for them. They were going to take that money back to your district and give you raises. And that did not happen. So once again. Yeah. And, and you saying that reminded me that um, Tacoma lobbied hard against there being a 3.1% cap on teacher salary increases for this school year. And then when we start bargaining with them, that's the number that they say they can't go above. Um, hmm. So it's it's a, a, a 180 degree change in story from the district lobbying the state legislature not to cap it at 3.1 and then saying, well, the legislature capped it at 3.1 when hmm. the legislator OSPI um, has said there's no cap this year. We gave you money. We want you to use that for salary. Mm-hmm. So I've heard the 3.1 number and also the 0.6 number. Can you talk about those two numbers and what they mean? So the district uh, says that the most that they can offer is a 3.1% increase. Uh, in our previous contract, the one that we're currently working through, I think we're on our fifth year, in that contract, uh, we negotiated a 2.5% increase in salary for this year. The district is only willing to give um, a 0.6% percent increase to make it to that 3.1 from what we had already negotiated. So that's where you get the 3.1 and the 0.6 number. Dang. So how is it that all of these neighboring districts are able to sort out this math and give teachers raises? I think it comes down to priorities. The state legislature, um, with the McCleary decision, decided that districts had, you know, in the state had not funded education. They were, it was horribly underfunded. They gave this large amount of money to each of the districts in which Tacoma did get a very sizable portion to say, you know, we want you to attract and maintain and keep quality educators. Other districts really care about their children. Their children come first. That's what we are here to do. Tacoma claims that we're every student every day, but yet districts surrounding us on all sides have made wonderful agreements with their teachers. They're paying their teachers competitive wages, what they're worth, and they're showing that their children are the most valuable part of their school district. And their teachers are funded. Tacoma has its priorities backwards. They're telling our children that they're not important. They're telling their teaching staff that they're not valued and they're not respected and they're not worth a competitive living wage. Pretty soon, the district is going to lose teachers They can drive five minutes up the road, sometimes stay in their own cities, and make ten dollars to $20,000 more. What's going to keep our wonderful quality educators coming back to Tacoma if they don't have a competitive wage? Hmm. How many many jobs outside of the Tacoma district are there? You know, because you hear, well, they can go somewhere else and make $10,000 more a year. 
How many of those jobs actually exist that Tacoma teachers could theoretically leave for today, staying in their own homes and teaching in a different district? Well, that number varies um, seasonally even and even month by month. So we can't give you an exact number, but I can tell you that um, there is a statewide teacher shortage, partly because of pay. It doesn't attract people who are willing to or aren't willing to sacrifice their own financial well-being. Um, that part of the problem is that thanks thanks to not you guys, but a lot of the press, teachers have been vilified in the press. We've been blamed for all of the problems in society. So if you put those two things together, not very good pay, and people say bad things about you all the time, it makes it not very attractive. So our teaching our teaching preparation programs here in Washington are starving for students. And this and our first year teachers, you know, coming straight out of training can find jobs really easily. Mm. And educators like us with experience and lots of abilities, we know we could turn in a resume and be at the top of the stack in any yeah. district around us. We also have the experience of teaching really difficult kids in, in pretty tricky circumstances sometimes. Those yeah. are things that the districts around us are looking for in, in staff. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can can somebody explain a little bit how the current proposal would disproportionately affect the new teachers? Is that... Um, well, the most recent proposal I've seen was um, the district had moved up to about 1% new money um, that they're claiming is closer to 8% new money, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Um, but then on they added $10 on top of their previous offer for new teachers. $10 per year? $10 per year. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, a quick quick math, they're offering about a 40 cents per paycheck. And if you're at the top of the salary schedule like it, I am, it was I would 20. get $20 a year. Yeah. Yeah, I keep seeing them brag about that $102,000 figure that you have to have a Ph.D. to get. Like so, how many yeah. Ph.D.s are teaching So what they're not school? telling you, they're Almost releasing zero. the bottom number and the top number that look pretty good, that look competitive to districts around us. But what they're not showing the public is that in the middle, there are – three- and four-year stretches with no raises. And some of the people in the middle would take salary cuts. I don't know about you, but I don't know any other career where in the middle of your career you would take a voluntary pay cut hmm. to do the same job. Mm -hmm. right. um, and I want to kind of come back to that, that 7.5 or 8% that the district is claiming they're giving us. Um, so we work 182 days, I think, by contract in Tacoma. Um, and they're both nodding, so I know I got the number right. <laughs> um, um, on top of that, we get, um, I, I, I want to say it's seven, but tell me if I'm wrong, in optional days, seven days? It's seven, and then the tech hours aren't in the contract, but they've been added in for the okay. last few years. And so we get another seven hours of con of tech time, right? Yes, so it's, it's eight, eight days. days. Um, so we get an additional eight days of hours that we have to use for professional development. Um, and there's there's different categories. There's personal hours, which is like, okay, well, whatever I happened to have done to improve my classroom or to do grading or something like that, I get to claim those hours. Um, and then there's building hours. So if I go to a training within my building or if I work with all of the other geometry teachers, that's building hours, and I get to claim those. And then there's district hours, which is like I have to go down to the PDC, which is the Professional Development Center, and I have to attend a class or I have to attend a conference outside of the district, and I get to claim those district hours. And then there's the tech hours where I literally have to go to a class that's around technology and computers. So um, if listeners, if your eyes just glazed over, we're with yeah, you. Yeah. It's complicated. It's, it's complicated process. It's what we have to do to get the extra pay for extra work. Well, my thought so, was that all that sounds like a lot more than eight days. But right, go on. right. <laughs> um, so they're taking those eight days of pay and they're rolling it into the base salary, and then claiming that that's a raise. But at the same time, they're saying you also would have to do five more days worth of mandatory work. So they want to extend our contract to 187 days, which there are districts in the area. Um, Puyallup, I know, is a 187-day contract. Um, but they want to roll those optional hours, which I already take all of anyway, 
um, make it part of my base salary and then make me work five extra days. And call it a raise. And <laughs> call it a raise. So money that I'm already getting is what they're trying to tell me is my raise. <sighs> <laughs> right? Yes. Right? Exactly. Correct <laughs> response. Yes. Yes. It's, this is so hard to take in because as a parent in the Tacoma Public School District, I hear that the graduation rate is well as super high above the state average. And mm -hmm. 86.1%. I think that we've got this like badass lady superintendent. She seems cool. And then all of this seems like dastardly. Like, I don't understand. It's, it's hard to, to believe that people who I thought were serving the community are doing such a bad job. Te teachers are really, and I think rightfully, upset with Carla Santorno right now. But I want to make it perfectly clear that she is a brilliant woman. I have seen her speak a few times, and, and uh, she is a wonderful public speaker. She has brought some really amazing programs to life in Tacoma. Um, but we're not talking about that right now. Yeah. Um, that might be a conversation that we have next summer when we have to rebargain our entire contract. Right now, what she's doing is stealing our wages. So you brought up a good point about the timing of the strike. So I've been trying to learn all the things I can about this, and somebody said something about uh, you have to renegotiate next year anyway, mm -hmm. and if you didn't ask now, it would affect next year. So can you talk about that, somebody? So Tacoma has what's called a reopener. It means that if we want, we can renegotiate our contract for certain things. We had a wage reopener or a salary reopener last year and another one this year. Um, last year, they were nice enough to send every employee in Tacoma a $500 check. Minus taxes. Minus taxes, <laughs> et cetera. So my check, my, my check personally ended up being uh, about $320. Um, some people's was as low as like $150. Yeah. Um, and that was our share, the district, what the district thought was our fair share of whatever they got out of the state's $1 billion last year. Yeah. So it was probably a similar amount to what came through this year. Wow. And other districts around us that are higher than us are higher than us by a long way because they bargained raises last year. Mm -hmm. Or their yeah. districts just gave them raises last year because that was the intent of the money. And so we chose to reopen again this year knowing that the district was getting $41 million for salary. And um, that's why we're in the position we are right now is because of that reopener that we had written into our contract, the ability to renegotiate our salaries, our compensation, uh, if new things came to light. Channel 253 is brought to you by Alaska Airlines. They're my airline of choice. When I need to book a flight, I don't mess with the travel sites anymore. I go straight to Alaska Air and book direct. It's not even a question for me. When I'm on board, the flight attendants are courteous and the service is efficient. That's really important to me. Also, they've got a killer cheese plate. Seriously, get the fruit and cheese plate next time you fly and they have Northwest Craft Beers. I feel like a human when I fly Alaska. I'm a customer, not a commodity. Alaska is such a good airline and has such good service, I forgive them for sponsoring the Timbers, my rival. And if I'm willing to do that, you know Alaska must be good. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP, and I fly Alaska. I feel like it's important right now to remind our listeners how hard you guys work and mm. how much that you do that is not paid. And so I was hoping you could each talk about um, what your work, working schedule, working life really looks like. So I teach kindergarten for the district. Currently, my class list is overloaded. Uh, how many are in your class? 26. And oh. what's the The cap for kindergarten is 24 and... Once the school buses start running, uh, especially as an east side school, we will get more students. It just always happens that way. Um, I come to school and get there at about 7 o'clock in the morning, and I stay until 4 and 4.30 in the afternoon on a day that I don't have any staff meetings or extra training or team planning. I buy food for my students. They live on the east side. They don't have a lot of resources. I pay school lunch accounts that go under so that these poor children don't have to eat a sandwich and mm -hmm. be shamed and have their lunch thrown mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. 
we are counselors. Uh, we're, we're moms and dads sometimes. We're a shoulder to cry on. My kindergartners come in and they take a nap because their home life has been terrible the night before and they couldn't even fathom trying to function. Um, and, and that's just during the day. I come home and even as a kindergarten teacher, I grade for at least an hour every night. I write notes and feedback and analyze my students' work, even if it's just they're writing their letters and trying to figure out, well... Well, how did we get that or what happened? Uh, I look at their math and try to figure out, okay, I, I noticed that we're not counting right and things aren't working and what can I do to fix it? I make individual plans for my students. I attend IEPs for multiple students. We're an autism magnet school. Uh, so we have autism inclusion, which is great and really wonderful, but it definitely means a few more IEPs. Um, and that takes even Do you more know what time. an IEP is? I do because my son has one, but why don't you explain it? Yeah. <laughs> an IEP is an individualized education plan um, that is predominantly written by our special education staff with input from the general education teacher, um, the counselors, and, of course, the parents and the student when the student is able to offer input. At our very young age in my end, our students mm -hmm. aren't often able to offer their own input yet because mm -hmm. they're still kind of figuring it out. Uh, we do everything from... You know, trying to work on social skills and behavioral skills, potty training, even in kindergarten, mm -hmm. um, to working on those academic skills. And so meetings can take at least an hour or two. They're always before or after school yeah. um, so that our parents can attend. And it, it takes a toll. I spend way more time at work than I do with my own daughter. And during the school year, you know, it, it kind of takes a toll on her. Um, but it's... It's what we do, and it's it's what I really enjoy. My partner does the same thing. So she has two educators as parents that are working their tails off for these kids every day. Hmm. So... Um, as a as a more experienced educator, you you have to learn how to protect your time. Yeah. So I say no to things that I would like to do for my school mm. because there are so many things that need to be done. I sit on four different committees that meet all outside of the school day and do a variety of things. Um, one is a committee where children who are struggling uh, are brought by their teachers, that, that not the actual child, but the issues, and we talk that over. Another is the um, the committee that makes decisions, site-based decisions for our school to make it a good place for kids and a good place for educators and a good place for families. Um, there's so much to do. I mean, I rarely have we, – we get a 30-minute duty-free lunch, which means we're not supposed to be working with anybody. But that never happens. We spend our recesses oh helping gosh. kids with math. And the same thing. You know, Bryant is in Hilltop, and we have a wide variety of students. And there are some students that come to school, and they need shoes. They need yeah. coats. They need cup of noodle. They need – Pencils. They, I mean, basic school supplies, but sometimes they need so much more than that. And yeah. so we work with our community members and our family liaisons to get the kids what they need just so that they can be ready to do school. Yeah. You know, so the you, we have to have our hearts intact. Yeah. We have to be taken care of so that we can continue to care for our kids. We love them. We would do almost anything for them. But this time, this money is for us. It is to take care of us. And my heart hurts right now, knowing that my district doesn't want to take care of me. Mm. Oh, Grant's tearing up, but tell us about your, your <laughs> weekly work um, schedule so and what you do. I'm going to focus my story just on grading. In, oh. in high school, I have about 150 students. I give a unit test at the end of every unit. And if I just spend five minutes on each one of those tests and I spend more than five minutes on each one, that's 750 minutes. That is 12 and a half hours per test. I have about eight units in my math curriculum and two semester finals. So now we're looking at 125 hours just grading throughout the year. And I have a seven hour work day workday. And so I spend about 17.9 workdays just grading tests. He knows math. I know <laughs> I know a thing or two he about math. He was using math. a calculator, but I also, I'm still impressed. I did cheat a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's a tool. But that's, <laughs> that's almost 
14 work days worth of grading. Yeah. Now, some of that, not very much, but some of that I am able to do during my normal work day. Um, but my planning period is used for planning and yeah. running copies and Going stuff. It's not right. <laughs> um, my my I'm air quoting this. My duty free lunch. Um, I I try to get out of my classroom and go be with adults during my lunch. But there's always students in whatever room that I'm in. And if they've got a question, I'm not going to say. Sorry, I'm on my no. duty free lunch. Like, um, <laughs> You're a duty. And I, I do eat lunch with Nerd Farmer um, Nate Bowling oftentimes. <laughs> and one joke is that if a kid's got a question while we're sitting there eating lunch, is we, we yell across the room, duty free lunch, duty free lunch. <laughs> but then they walk over and ask their question anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if I got my hourly rate for that, just for that work alone, I should be getting more than a $10,000 raise um and and like and just my daily work i i show up before my contract time at 705 my contract time ends at about um 320 because lincoln has an extended day but i'm there until 5 or 6 every day because a kid came in and talk to me about their depression because I'm open about my own mental health and depression. Um, or I have a kid that comes in and reveals to me that they're trans or that they're gay because I'm one of the GSA advisors. Or I just have a kid that wants to come in and just vent about how crappy their home life is. Or, um, hey, Mr. Ruby, do you have a dollar for the bus? And yes, I do, because I want you to get home. And also, on your way out of the school, grab an ORCA card form so that you can get a free ORCA card. Um, like, our, our job is so much more than just our seven-and-a-half-hour workday. My job, I'm a math teacher by title. But like Jillian mentioned, I'm a counselor. I'm a parent. I'm, I'm food service. I'm bus fare. I'm all of these things, but I only get paid to be a math teacher. Hmm. Um, to be a little woo-woo for a moment, when I was <laughs> writing up these questions, I was just thinking about like, okay, this is a problem right now that needs to be solved right now, mm -hmm. but there's a larger societal issue about educators not being appreciated and what do we do about that? Because getting you your raise, which you definitely deserve, is something that we should solve right now. But I feel like this is a like huge systemic societal giant thing that that we need to change somehow. Respecting education. It's a bigger, bigger issue. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why teachers are under attack is because we are the last huge union. Mm. We're holding the line. Yeah. And We've been under attack, and that's part of the reason why. Yeah. We have a union. It is strong. It does do things like like try to negotiate a livable wage for us. Business does not want unions. Mm -hmm. They want to dictate what we get and have us be grateful for it. And we yeah. all know people who work for businesses like that. Of course, there are good businesses who want their employees to be able to have a nice life. Yeah. But but that's what's been happening. There's been an agenda to bust unions, and because we're a big one. Yeah. And we're mostly, sorry, Grant, mostly women. Yeah. I, well, I was going to actually <laughs> add I, that. I was in. definitely going to go there that I feel like it's mm -hmm. a, you know, teaching is we women's like, work, right? Yeah, we so, look like people you can victimize, I guess. So in, in Tacoma... Oh, right. And I'm, I, I might be a little off on these percentages, so apologies. But in Tacoma, it's about a 90% female workforce. In the mm. state of Washington, I think it's actually a little bit higher than that. It's like 91 or 92%. Um, and I, I think that it's important to keep that in mind when we think about why are teachers under attack? Why are some people angry about teachers getting salary increases and i think the the societal misogyny needs to be taken into account for that like um when we're out on the picket line these last couple of days overwhelmingly people are supportive but every single person that is yelling get back to work mm 
or you're hurting the kids is from one singular demographic. <laughs> and I think it's probably a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Um, but white men do not want women to make more money. Um, and you can not all white men that all you want, listener, but I'm a white man saying it. So, um, like, it's and, – and um, like, on Twitter, on Facebook – on other social medias, like it's it's pretty obvious who's angry about this, and it's it's the so-called power people. I don't even think that kids today like understand unions or mm. the things that unions brought us and how society suffers now without them. Well, I'm I'm freak I'm a frequent reminder. I like yeah. to. T I teach my kids in my class what unions have done. I'm like, how do you feel about weekends? <laughs> Yay! I'm like, well, thank a union. How do you feel about not being in a factory working right now and, you know, losing fingers in the machinery? They're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, unions <laughs> help make sure children didn't have to work. You know, so every one of us who cares about workers yeah. can talk to our, our children, our neighbors, our friends, your crazy aunt at Thanksgiving, you know, mm -hmm. every one of us can be an advocate for unions. And I just like to put in a plug for the AFL-CIO. They have huge categories of workers. Yeah. You can look them up. Lots of our workers in our community could unionize their sites if they wanted to. Yeah. It might be hard. They'd get pushed back by their boss. But in the end, they would they would have more. Well, I feel like some of the people who may be against some of these movements are the pe the same people who will tell you about the good old days. You know, when one person, great again. you know, when one person, when, when <laughs> dad could have a job and mom could stay home. Let's and go ahead and qualify have the, that one, though. That myth. White dad. Yeah, exactly. Could have a job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Brown and dads were never able to. Brown dads and brown moms couldn't. 100% mm -hmm. yeah. correct. Right. But it's funny that being anti-union is also the same people who want to go back to the good old days when unions provided a livable right. wage for a lot yeah, of people. There, there's a reason why that <laughs> dad was able to be the only breadwinner, and it was because he was in a very strong union. It also had to do with corporate taxes. I mean, sorry yeah. to open that box. Corporate taxes and taxes on the wealthy right? yep. mm -hmm. used to be much, yep. much higher. There just was more to go around. Bingo. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Uh, I just want to make That's sure. an impressive notebook that you have with all your questions, Thanks. by the way. Thanks. I don't I um, just give a little <laughs> behind the scenes look there. Uh, okay. Um, when they tell us all of these scary things about what's going to happen in 2019, 2020, what is the response to that? Um, my response is you're right. If nothing changes, you're absolutely right. Um, one thing I think Tina might have been the first person that I heard it from is that um, the district has an opportunity to hire 2,400 lobbyists. Like, we could work together. There's 2,400 district employees in our bargaining units. They could hire us by giving us uh, uh, the raise that we are owed and deserve, and then we will turn around and start sending letters to Lori Jenkins, Jake Fye, Steve Conway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to get this thing fixed. We want to work with the district on this, but they don't seem to have any interest in working with us on this. I'd also like to say that the raises that we're asking for wouldn't just enrich us. Mm. The minute mm -hmm. that you give educators more money, we go out and spend it. Yeah. The, our district could have been heroes. $32 yeah. million dollars yeah. Yeah. would have been inf infused immediately into our local economy. Wow. They had that chance. They wouldn't have just had 2,400 lobbyists. They would have had thousands and thousands and thousands of grateful business owners, parents, parents who are business owners in our local community ready to storm Olympia and make sure the fix happens. Everybody cares about our local kids. Somebody mm. has to care about our local teachers. Mm. Oh, I like that. Dang, I'm gonna that's write, a good one. Write it write down. Someone write that <laughs> write <it> down. down. <laughs> um, okay, I have a couple more uh, little short answer type questions. Will the days be made up in the summer? Is that how that works? Yes. So um, the days that we are on strike right now, uh, 
by requirement, children have to go to school so many days, will be made up at the end of the school year. We have a few days that are also built into our calendar as snow days. So provided that we don't also get an abundance of snow this winter, four-day weekends will turn into three-day weekends, um, and they will all be made up. So the children of Tacoma will not be losing any part of their education. They will have the appropriate amount of time in school. Just hopefully it won't be in July. <laughs> no. It's not that we don't work. <laughs> not that we don't work in July for free anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, so. it's true. yeah just it's don't true. usually have students in July. Yeah. So most students, I would say middle school or high school, could listen to this podcast and definitely understand the issues at, at play. Um, I was wondering if maybe one of, maybe an elementary school teacher could tell us um, how I should explain this to my kids. Um, because it was across the street, I have mentioned this, that the teachers were striking across the street from my house today, and my son was really excited to have them over, and he was looking out the window, and he goes, even Mr. Wolf wants more money? And I was like, uh, Shout out to Mr. Wolf. He's not getting this somehow because it's about so much more than wanting more money. And so I just would hope I was hoping you could help me with the right words to help my kid understand. I think um, examples work really well with younger children. Um, so Mr. Wolf, you know, probably does maybe even want a little bit more money. Mr. Wolf has to feed his family. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wolf has to take care of them. Um, when you explain what the district is doing, um, it's like they're buying a lot of candy and <laughs> they're, they're going to the movies and they're doing all sorts of frivolous fun things that we would all love to do. But when you open the refrigerator at their house, there is no food there. There is no milk. There are no basic things that you need to essentially live. And that's what the district is doing. They're spending their money on things that are wants and not needs. And they are neglecting their needs. And eventually when you neglect your needs, you know, you have bad repercussions. You get sick. You could get hurt. You're not feeling your best. And that's how it trickles down. So um, kind of explaining that to the children and also Mm -hmm. that, you know, teachers do have families too, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and they need to make sure that they have the food in their refrigerator. They need to make sure that they have power in their homes you know, and and those kind of basic things, even at the the young level, especially when you relate it to food, because food seems to be something that all children are like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be hungry. That seems to make a little bit more sense and is a little easier to understand. Thank you. I am sitting over here in awe of that explanation. Give <laughs> <laughs> um, like like it a ten out of ten. That's yeah. eleven. The, that's goes the to 11. quality of educator that yep. we stand to lose in yep. Tacoma if we don't get this McCleary money into the right hands. Okay. Can each of you go around and say the thing that you wanted to say that I didn't ask you the right question for you to say it? Was there something that you wanted to make sure that you got out there? No? It's our money. Okay. It's our money. This is not just, it's not really raises. This is reparations for decades of underpayment. So according to the McCleary decision as a 22-year teacher, I've been underpaid my entire career. Yeah. And that affects my retirement. Forever. Yeah. I'd like to retire someday. I don't want to be the 70-year-old cranky (laughs) teacher with a cane that may or may not slip out of her hand at a kid or whatever. You know, this is our money. It is our turn. I don't want to go last, so I'm going next so that we can finish with Jillian. (laughs) Um, there's, There's three points that I want to hit on. We are demanding these raises so that we can continue to attract and retain amazing educators in the city of Tacoma. Without these raises, uh, teachers are going to go to other districts where they can make $10,000, $20,000 more per year. The money was sent by the state specifically for salary. Any other use is wage theft. And finally, there's no 3.1% cap. There's no cap at all. They were sent $41 million. $32 million of that is specifically meant for classroom teachers. The money is there. There's no excuses. I think um, piggybacking on what these two fine educators said, the money is there. We are not trying to bankrupt the district by any means. We're asking what was set aside for us by the legislature. Teachers are trying to feed their families. They are trying to afford their mortgages or their, their house rental payments. They are simply trying to survive in 
an economy that is definitely, you know, going up the cost of living. And they want to be able to go back to their classrooms. I met 25 of the 26 of my kindergartners in the last few weeks, and they are the sweetest children that you will ever imagine and their families are so supportive and the one thing that I want to do is go back to my classroom and be with them and teach them and give them that wonderful foundation that kindergarten teachers thrive on doing Mm. and every teacher in this district wants to be back in their classroom with their children we're not asking for the moon and we're not asking for anything that the state has not said that we deserve We just want to survive, and we want to teach the children of Tacoma. That's the reason that we're still here, and we continue to stay here year after year instead of going elsewhere. I don't want any educator in Tacoma to be forced to go somewhere else because they have to make a choice out of the profession they love and the population that they love to work with, and it's their life's ambition and their passion to go somewhere and do something else where they can make money to afford to survive. Mm. You are so good at this. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So um, before we we started, you mentioned some upcoming events that um, people need to know about. I know anybody who listened to this podcast is really going to want to know how they can best support the teachers. So please let me know about all the things that we can pass on. We're going to get this out ASAP today or tomorrow. So. So um, one of the things uh, that our community can come um, do is definitely support us on the lines. Um, Teachers are at most school sites and definitely at the high schools. So if you're at the high schools in the afternoons, you're going to see us. Uh, We're having a rally uh, this coming Thursday at People's Park. It starts at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, it's a great place centrally located in the middle of Tacoma, right in the heart of our neighborhoods. And we're having a rally for our teachers and for our community and our parents and our children. And then we are marching down to the Central Administration Building. And we are there ready for that school board meeting and ready to show the district that we mean business and that we want to get back into our classrooms with our children. Nice. So what's the date on Thursday? Oh, geez. Well, today's... The seventh, so it would be the thirteenth. Okay, <laughs> Thursday, the thirteenth, People's Park, four o'clock, and then a march. What else? I have. I literally have a sheet of paper. Okay, in front of Tell me. Tell us about, about all the things because I know some people aren't going to be able um, to make it to that, and they're going to going to want to do something else. So, um, social media hashtag We Teach Tacoma for supportive messages. Um, like and share posts. Um, and comment on we teach we teach Tacoma posts. We are at we teach Tacoma on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and so those are like the easy things. Um, the 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 more important but less easy things are contacting the school board. Um, How Debbie, do people do that? Uh, the easiest way to do it is to go to Google and just type in. Tacoma School um, Tacoma Board. School Board. Okay. It'll be the first thing that there pops be up. Some kind of contact form. There. Um, yeah, and there's like there's a button on the school board website where you can just click the button. It opens up a an email um, window, and all of the board's emails are already populated for you, so you can email the entire board. Um, come out to rallies like the one on Thursday. Um, talk to your friends and neighbors and bring them to rallies, not just you. Um, writing letters to the editor. Um, TNT, Weekly Volcano, Tacoma Weekly are three outlets that are right here in this city. Um, And then Tina just moved it, so I can't read sideways. Um, You're not an elementary school teacher um, then. (laughs) Right. No, no, I am. I'm a high school math math teacher. I I can read upside down, but not sideways. Um, Reaching out to your students' teachers and find out what they need on their strike location. Um, We've had overwhelming support um, at, at Lincoln in particular we have at least 10 cases of water <laughs> which we very much appreciate but I don't know that we need any more water right now a lot of people are bringing food and that's really appreciated because that allows us to stay on the line and not leave to go mm-hmm. spend money that we're not earning right now Exactly. Um, and then the last one that I'm going to say and then I'll turn it over to Tina is to consider running for school board we have two positions that are open. Debbie Winskull and um, Enrique Leon are both up for re-election in 2019. Um, we need better leadership on our school board. And 
I would love to support someone who is a little more friendly to educators than what we currently have on our board. Hmm. So a few other things that you can do. Um, Parents who have students that attend Tacoma Public Schools can sign an affidavit. And that um, that. What that shows is that you know your child is not being harmed by the strike. The district will likely file an injunction against us. This is a standard procedure and a stack of, you know, 40,000 forms Mm -hmm. from parents saying the strike is not harming my child. I will carry some weight with the judge. I will put that in the show notes. I've done it already. So I'll make sure that it's um, people can click on that in our show notes. So those are available uh, on all the strike lines, too. And Mm -hmm. if they and if you went one day and they didn't have any left, you could go another day and they would have them. Or you can come right down to the Tacoma Education Association office Mm -hmm. in the IBEW building near Costco. Um, We're happy to talk to you and give you forms and say hi to your kids because we miss the kids. Another thing that. people can do is on our strike lines also we're going to have this this letter that we just were referring to or the flyer Mm -hmm. of things you can do to help Uh, you also can get a purple we support tacoma educator sign and put Mm -hmm. that up in your house your car your local business yeah would be great do we we go to the ibew for that they are also going to be available on all the strike lines okay so anywhere you see red shirts you should be able to get a purple paper Mm -hmm. and we would love to see those popping up in businesses all over town we would like our board members and our central administration people to see them at the ice cream store yeah at the coffee place, everywhere <laughs> they go, we want yeah. to see them to see how much our community supports us because they do. And thank you to our community. It's amazing. Thank you to you guys. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, and Taco Man podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.